Sipping on some 40s, yeah, yeah. Talking about the 40s, so oh, yeah. His 40s are 40s, so oh, yeah, oh yeah. Hello, and welcome to the finale of season three of 40s on 40s. I'm Seth. Are you ready to do the nasty? <laughs> oh, you bet I am. I've been waiting. We've been both waiting for this. Them hot and nasty rankings. <laughs> right, anyway, I'm Josh. <laughs> and uh, today we are going to count down our top and bottom five from this season of 40s on 40s. This is celebration. It's a celebration, it's bitches. Completed, <laughs> completed season three. Hell yeah. Um, I'm so excited. I, yeah. Well, before we get into talking about it, let's crack these drinks open. Um, <laughs> I have something a little unusual. Josh, would you mind <laughs> describing what you have in, for- in front of you? I have a Buzzed Balls. Uh, it's a Buzz Ball. Mm-hmm. It's called. It's under the brand Buzz Buzz Balls. <laughs> buzz yeah. Ball. Okay. It's, it's, yes. it, it, it encourages you to have a ball. Mm-hmm. Now, there's actually two flavors. I just handed you one arbitrarily, but I'll let you choose because I'm a nice guy. That one, I believe, is a is a is a strawberry one, if I'm not mistaken. And this is peach. Oh, that's a peach I one. Got a peach ball. And this one is delicious. So, would you rather the tea one or the peach one? Well, what would you prefer? Well, the peach one's gonna be pretty sweet, and I tend to like sweeter drinks. However, this is tea, lemon juice, and vodka, so if that sounds at all good to you, then I would recommend This looks that. really cute and, like, modern. I know. It's kind of, it's fun. It's adorable. Um, it sounds like you prefer the peach, so I'll take the tea. Okay, sweet. Although I, I'm... They both sound good to me. Yeah, they're both, they both sound good, and I'm down to try a little yours. Now, let it be known that these are each, uh, 20%. <laughs> Okay. That's why I only got one of them. Because <laughs> this will probably last us for the duration of the episode. <coughs> so, uh... Yeah. Have you ever had one of these before? I have not. <laughs> which is why I'm excited to try them with you. So, uh... Let's... The thing is, do we sip these slowly, or should we just one-shot this? I think we should sip them. Okay. Because I think right. that one-shotting them would... I don't know, they seem a little too big to one-shot. Yeah, I mean, tw- yeah. They're 200 milliliters. <laughs> Whatever a milliliter is. Um, oh, I didn't Let's notice, but on the side it says women-owned. That's pretty cool. I'm down for that. Please drink responsibly. Okay. we Will do. They're also kosher, so... Oh, cool. There you go. Uh, well, cool. Yeah. Let's, uh... Hmm. Really bad, dude. Damn. Not even my special... Wait, I'm gonna use my keys to get oh, this one shit. open. Did you get it? Yeah, I did. Oh, did it explode on you? Just a little bit. Ooh. Mine also exploded on me. Alright, well, uh, this is gonna be one of the quickest, one of the quickest cheerses ever on the show, but cheers, bud. Ooh. Those are potent. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty strong, man. Damn, yeah, I can, like, I can feel <laughs> the vodka. Shit. Well, cool. Mine tastes very good. Mine also tastes very good. Um, it's not. It's actually not as sweet as I thought it would be. It's, <clears> like, <throat> a nice, uh, it's a nice mixture. How's yours? What's it taste like? It tastes like really good, like, iced tea, but with vodka in it. Nice. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds pleasant. Yeah. Cool, man. 
Well, um, so let's let's break. If I had some ice, I would be so thrilled right now. Oh, dude, I know. I was thinking. I was actually thinking about bringing a cup, but I did not uh, get around to that. So unfortunately, we're gonna have to just do these lukewarm shots. My, it's almost cool. <laughs> <laughs> I got them cool, so you know, they're still a little cool. Um. So let's just get into it, man. Um, let's start with <laughs> let's do it. Let's start with our bottom five. So normally, yeah, let's let's start. Let's get the the bottoms out of the way. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna throw out there and say that my bottom five were much easier to pick than my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I felt like a lot of the songs this season were generally pretty like middle of the road. Um, so the bottom unfortunately sunk. Mm-hmm. To the ocean floor, much much faster. Yeah, um, I have two runners up. I don't know if you want to do runners up both at once, or you want to trade off our runners up as well. You have two runners up for the bottom. I do. Um, I can just name them quickly if you want. That's fine. I, I have one. Okay. I thought that actually, you know what? I do. That's funny. I do actually have two for this. Oh, nice. Okay. Because I hadn't I hadn't picked yet which one I was going to pick for the runners up. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's just both, let's list ours, uh, just one and, or one, two and done, just so that we can do it. Uh, for me, my first, (laughs) my first runner-up was Walk It, Talk It, uh, by Migos, just because it wasn't quite, you know, re-listening to this on, like, a good set of headphones... I actually did think that the production was fairly interesting on it and, and kind of like boppy, but just the words and the flow just made me forget what words meant. Yeah. Just the amount of times they said walk it, talk it. And it just goes for so long. It's like a full 32 bars of them just saying walk it, talk it in different iterations. And honestly, outside of that, I couldn't even really be for I couldn't really be bothered to care about the verses when I was just so overwhelmed by the chorus and it's 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 mundaneity as it were. <laughs> um, so that was my first one. My second bottom, uh, surprisingly perhaps, is ape shit. Um, it also was not on my actual bottom five because, again, the production was very solid. And I will give, after my angry card rant from last week, I will give them credit in the fact that they, they, their flows are both good. Jay-Z has a really good set of bars. Beyonce's flow is quite good, even if it's totally just Amigos flow. Um, so I'll give them that. But on the flip side of that, everything stands, as I said before, where I just, like, what the song stands for is just something that I... Just couldn't really get into, so that's why it sunk to the bottom for me. Okay. Um, that is as as sucky as I will give that description. So. All right, I will name my two. Um. So one is "I Like It" by Cardi B. Oh really? Um, Interesting. Why was that one of your one of your bottoms or one of your runners up? I should say. Well, Seth. <laughs> the. Uh, the melodic and rhythmic motifs, Latin rhythm, um, Latin rhythmic and melodic motifs, they felt very plastic and like corporate, you know, created for money, mm-hmm. stripping it of like history, like culture and passion. Um, Cardi just runs off the checklist of her cliches, which is she's rich, she's sexy and confident, cool. and she does the thing. 
That's, those are her like four, three or four cliches. How many times does she do that in the song? Does she only do 17. it once? Seven. Team. Damn. No, I'm um, <laughs> I was ready to believe you though. So yeah, I concluded just by writing Cardi B for bravado. Shtick. The shtick is really worn out and annoying in this song. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, this the other runner-up, which I liked. I like this one even less. Mm-hmm. Was uh, KOD by J Cole. Oh okay. Um, the mix was just grating on my ears, so mm-hmm. it's like. Maybe on, maybe on like if you EQ'd it different on your system, it'd be fine. But yeah. like my ears hurt listening to it. Oh man! And something about his flow and his tone was just annoying to me. Yeah, I would. You know, so, this this actually almost made one of my bottoms as well. Yeah. So it, it overall, I just felt it was an unenjoyable feeling of monotony and discomfort. Yeah. And the hook was annoying. Yeah, the hook was annoying. And, and it got more annoying with each repetition. For sure. And it so repeated like, a, a bunch. Yeah, it's like the lyrics are not necessarily bad, but it's just I can't get past all the other stuff I didn't like. Yeah, it's just like the way, the, the, the tone and like even the pitch that he did for that hook was just so whiny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel that. Those are mine. All right, word. Those are both respectable runners-up, I think. Um... So with that, let's get into our actual bottom five. Um, for me, I guess I'll go first because I kind of I kind of jumped the gun. Um, for me, my my number five was "I'm Upset," uh, the Drake song, <laughs> because uh, it just. So the thing was is I didn't I actually didn't think it was that bad and again I, I liked the I liked the key that the beat was in like the the tone of it I thought was actually really cool and like created sort of a vibe the problem is that the beat didn't change at all and it did the same thing and it just got old really fast and Drake was just so whiny and just uh, felt like he was kind of phoning it in the whole time and on top of that this was supposed to be a response to a song that just fucking tore him apart, and this was the response he gave. Here's your SAT word, by the way. It was a very uh, milk toast song. Milk uh, toast. Uh, it was just very, uh, it was very passionless, and just didn't really feel like he was giving a proper response. Um, and to that end, uh, Drake's album came out this week. I don't know if you were aware. No, I have no interest or <laughs> way of finding out of that. Well, that's fine. Uh, basically, his whole album sounds like this song. So, you know, take that how you will. Um, but yeah, that was... <laughs> I mean, I didn't really have too much to say outside of that. Just, like, I thought the lyrics were very kind of phoned in and, like, not even really good as far as, like, comebacks. No. Um... And it was like two and a half minutes, so it didn't really even have time to, to make a lasting impact. So, I don't know. It's very average boring. Probably one of the more lackluster Drake releases ever, in my opinion. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Um, my number five is Paranoid by Post Malone. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll give him that he he's able to sing with the sort of sad, whiny, almost vulnerable quality that's, like, good. I, I find somewhat compelling. Mm-hmm. It's like, he does have that in his bag. Mm-hmm. But the song, is the lyrics are so simple and so um, 
blank. It's like he, he's paranoid without explaining why or for what reason. Yeah. And he just sort of moans for the rest of the song about how paranoid he is in different ways. Like, he sleeps with a gun. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, he's easier to track because his name is on his li- the car, like, license plate of all of his cards. <laughs> Which, like, that sounds like a personal problem. And, um... That's real. That's a really hilarious complaint to have. Yeah. Oh, and, my... Um, the, 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 the fame has finally gotten to me. And I really, like... I just can't... I could not look past... The fact that he has a line about how politicians are, you know, political climate seems to be very um, intense, and what's the point in picking sides? Right, I, I remember us talking about that. I can't get past how ignorant and, like, anti-learning or anti-choosing and thinking for yourself that is, which is really... Mm-hmm disturbing to me right um right. especially given like his platform like to put across that level of ignorance and that level of like apathy when there's so much that we as humans could be doing yeah like that is uh, i just have what little respect or interest i had in him was almost just completely gone mm. um i know it's kind of just a throwaway line but i, just, I can't look past that so yeah, that's my number five. Word. <clears throat> yeah, I remember us having like a like a twenty minute discussion about that in an earlier episode. So, I, yeah, no, I think that's a fair thing to. I think it's the, it's the opposite of what I would tell someone. Where it's like, yeah, he's basically saying, eh, politics aren't important. It's eh, it seems weird and messy. I don't know. I just uh, fuck it. <laughs> it's like no, actually, politics and you know, get being involved is incredibly important and it affects everyone's day to day life. Right, and it's the kind of thing where like if you don't take the time to do it now, it's gonna fuck you over later anyway. So like you might as well take the time and at least learn about it. I agree. Um, well, my number four was Chun Li by Nicki Minaj. Um, I remember kind of liking that song. I mean, I kind of liked it, but when I re-listened to it, it did not age well one bit. <laughs> not one bit. Um, <laughs> for, for me, my my line, my note that I wrote, so I wrote like a, a single sentence note for every song, and for this song I just wrote, you really don't understand Street Fighter, do you? <laughs> so she kept saying, I mean, this is basically a song about how it's like, oh, like all her haters are trying to like paint this picture of her where she's like the bad guy. But she keeps saying how she's like the bad guy, Chun Li, but it's like Chun Li's not the bad guy in Street Fighter. Like she's definitely one of the protagonists. Um, like it's pretty like you don't even have to know I don't know anything about her backstory and I know that she is like definitely like a good guy in the pantheon of Street Fighter characters. Like you can just look at her and be like, yeah, she's probably not evil. Right. So that alone was hilarious. And the fact that she just kept sticking to it for the whole song. Uh, there were also these things that she would do throughout the song that were just very, again, kind of like faux in. Um, like there was a moment where she would just like repeat this part where she's like, I'm King Kong. Yeah, I'm King Kong. Yeah, I'm King Kong. Yeah, I'm King Kong. For, and like she would do it like a couple times. There's moments in Nicki Minaj's later career where I feel like she really has these lines that she wants to emphasize because she thinks she's she thinks that they're really cool 
but like she does them in this really obvious like look how cool my line is kind of way um like there was this other song that she did uh oh man I think it's called Only. It had Chris Brown and Drake and and uh, Lil Wayne on it. And she had this, like, really bad joke about duct tape. Uh, it's kind of this, like, infamous line. And then literally after she says the line in her rap, in beat, she's just like, yeah, that was a setup for a punchline about duct tape. Like, like I, I have ears, dude. I heard that shit. Yeah. So, anyway... Kind of has a tendency to do that, and it kind of came out in this song, and it was annoying as fuck. And I was not really a big fan of it. She didn't even really sound like she wanted to be there. Like she did her different voices, but they didn't even really sound that animated. I'm just kind of, right. kind of chilling. So, anyway, <laughs> that was that's basically my thoughts on that. Um. All right, number four. My four is your five. We got I'm upset by Drake. Oh, okay. So what were your thoughts on it? I thought it was um, not Aubrey Graham or Jordan Ortiz's best work. <laughs> oh, snap. Two writers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Drake's flow was unimpressive, as were the lyrics, mm-hmm. in terms of their lack of imagination or emotional content. Uh, let's see, I said, let's just say Drake sounds like a spoiled 14-year-old kid who made a song on GarageBand in one of his playrooms before taking a piss in his dad's mansion's Olympic-sized pool. Dude. And there you go. The fact that you said one of his playrooms, that makes yeah. me laugh so hard, He has multiple dude. because he's a spoiled child. Right, like, it just, it just gives me this mental image of this fucking, like, middle schooler who has, like, seven rooms, but he's like, I wanted the eighth room, and we don't have it. I'm upset. I'm upset. And he just fucking, yeah, he went to his playroom. Oh my god. That's hilarious. Yeah, he sounds kind of like a petulant child, honestly. I agree. Um, yeah, mine are, mine are quick. I like how mine are just real snappy and there you go. See, I feel like this is how we normally do it, is yours are snappy to the point, because you, like, think them out, and then I just kind of ramble about mine. It kind of evens it out. Yeah, I'm just lazy. I don't feel like dissecting the songs again. So I'm like, here's a few sentences of why I thought it was crappy or not. <laughs> no, that's fair, though. I mean, yeah. well, and these are the bottom, too. So it's like, if you don't want to go into more discussion yeah. about them, that makes sense. Because they're kind of not really discussion worthy. Yeah. Um, let's see. So that was your four. My three is probably going to be your one, but it was Whatever It Takes by Imagine Dragons. Um, I'm just seeing your expression when I say that. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not looking at it. I just saw your expression and you were just like, oh, God. Um, yeah, it was just, again, it, was, it encapsulated everything that we said about Imagine Dragons that we disliked before and yet somehow it was even more generic and like it, it felt le- even less weighty like uh, Believer for for as obnoxious of a song as Believer was it had a very driving beat to it at least or like a rhythm but the song didn't even really have that and it was like you know, again, it was just so vague, and it was like, like, what do you, what are you doing? Whatever it takes for, like, you don't even say, dude. You're just kind of doing it. Well, he'll do it, Seth. <laughs> whatever it is, he'll do it. Yeah, he said something about it being like chomping at the bit or like being a horse. 
And I'm like, you are a horse, man. You're a workhorse for fucking corporate commercialization. That's what you are. So that was my quick rundown. I didn't really have too much more to say to that. I mean, good. It was, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much all, all it does, says on the tin. It deserves no more. <laughs> Um, My next two songs I actually have much more to say about, but that one was very very squarely number three, so... Alright, so... This would have been number one, but it's number three. And I'll explain later, but this is my number three, but it would have been one. Okay. Is Whatever It Takes by Imagine Dragons. Oh, damn, really? Yeah, wow, so, okay. I'm just... Be, I'm petty, and there's a reason why it's <laughs> not... It's not the, why there's other number one I'm two. petty. <laughs> um, so... Number th- I'll just read out my, <laughs> my total. I like I, no, I like this. I this like your sharp pointed and, and yeah, it's terrible. The, con- um, the concise rundown. So the lyrics are nearly nonsensical. <laughs> and they're full of non sequiturs. <laughs> just like LFO, um, except LFO has charm. Yeah. Um, simply there because they flow well phonetically or sound wise. Right. But and the singer has an annoying vibe of cockiness. Mm. Especially given that what he is saying is so devoid of logic <laughs> or sincere, sincere emotion. Damn. Um, it's totally derivative of their own past hits, which right. also are vapid and unenjoyable. <laughs> Damn, dude. Um, I'm liking these concise <laughs> breakdowns. You're way more biting than I am. I feel like. Yeah, this one's pretty bad. And, <laughs> and perhaps, perhaps worst of all, they prey on a demographic of exploited people that feel enslaved. Right. And they, they write songs that never pinpoint the nature of where these feelings come from. Yeah. Nor do they offer any real solution to these real and daily struggles that people have. Right. Um, you know, perhaps it's from work or relationships or authoritative figures in their past. Whatever, it could be multiple things. I'm just rambling. This is not what I wrote. But um, pe- many people feel oppressed for many different reasons, so it's kind of tapping into that and explaining it. But anyway, yeah. it sort of, like, doesn't help with any of that outside of giving them three minutes of, like, candy-coated crap. And that's that's really what it is. You just take, so. you just take that turd, wrap it on a popsicle stick, and dip yeah. it in. Dip it in some fun dip. You're good to go. Is that the second time we've used a candy metaphor to describe a song that's bad? I feel like it is. I've probably used it a lot. Candy-coated crap. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty, uh, pretty concise. I like it. Um, now we get into our, our least two favorites, which is usually when this gets fun. Um, my, so my number two is Freaky Friday. With uh, with Lil Dicky and Chris okay. Brown, um, it is just uh, you know when I first listened to this song, I think I laughed at it a lot more, and I thought that it was a lot funnier because I was weak and I did not understand what was going on, and I think I was drawn because I I want to like Lil Dicky, so I think I gave him a pass when I first listened to it. But if you want to talk about songs that didn't age well, holy shit, this song it's is not. Funny. This song is is so. It's funny though. Now I get to understand the inner workings of this. So so that's one part of it. Why is Caitlyn Jenner on this song? Kylie Jenner, I don't, one of them. God. 
funny. I just like, why are you here? You're obviously uncomfortable being here. You obviously got paid a lot of money, probably more than any person should be paid to say that. So I'm glad they gave you a paycheck for it. But good lord, the thing that the thing that makes me the most uh, disgusted by this song is the fact that anyone is talking about how being Chris Brown is really cool. Uh, because I am, I can be fairly confident in saying that it is not cool to be Chris Brown um, now more than ever. Uh, just because of multiple things, they say in the song. Chris Brown is happy to be in Lil Dicky's body because he doesn't have to worry about quote-unquote his troubled past. But, like, that's kind of being really shitty by giving him a free pass in any extent. And it's also kind of shitty to, like, bring light to an actual thing that you did to a person or people's. Um, that's kind of fucked up, man. And that's kind of even more fucked up that you make light of it in a song. Uh, and you just, like, make it into a thing about how you're actually really cool and how your dick is huge and how you can say the N-word and no one's gonna get mad at you, but now you're in a white dude's body so you can go watch a movie and people don't have to harass you about you being a fucking piece of shit, so, you know? Uh, it's just, it just reeks of self-aggrandizing pettiness and, uh, I'm disgusted that it's a song that was, that was charting to be perfectly honest. I'm a little disgusted that Chris Brown got royalties off of this song. I'm kind of okay with Lil Dicky getting royalties, but I'm really upset that he agreed to do it. And I think that he just... He, he made a joke that wasn't in any good taste at all. And that kind of colors the rest of the song for me, honestly. The only, the only good thing I think about it is that... Um, fucking... Uh, what's his name? Fucking Ginger Kid. What's his name? Oh man. Oh, Ed Sheeran. The the only the only good thing about it is that Ed Sheeran is in it. And G Ginger Kid. Yeah. Ginger Child. <laughs> Ginger Child. And like he's in it, and that's like those two seconds that he's in it are funny, but. As, as one YouTube reviewer pointed out, shout out to Tom the Shadows, um, dude, like, Ed Sheeran is one of the best-selling artists on the planet right now. He fills arenas, he makes stupid amounts of money, I, I bet your ass he makes more money than Chris Brown does right now. Oh, yeah. So, like, why is it less cool to be Ed Sheeran than Chris Brown? Like, it is way better to be Ed Sheeran. You would make so much more money! And you're not a total asshole, so, you know, there's that. Um, anyway, it just made me really upset the more I thought about it, and, uh, I'm sorry that I ever said anything nice about it the end. <laughs> that's, that's my two cents. That was pretty scathing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, no, I, I really don't like um, it on any level. It makes my skin crawl to think about it. All right, well, my number two is Freaky Friday. <laughs> nice. Now let's now, he, let's hear the why more, you may ask. Let's hear the more concise version of what I just said. Why you may ask? Oh, I, please tell me. DJ Khaled. The end. <laughs> and we're gonna bleep out his name because I don't want his name ever mentioned on this podcast again. <laughs> Wait, you mean you don't want me to do insert punchline here? Do you, you don't want me to do that ever again? No. Ever? 
Never. Oh, I really liked that clip, though. It's funny. Um, no, you can if you want, but I think it'd be funny if we at least bleep out any time I say it. Okay, no, I, I don't want to be heard saying... Well, why don't I just spam... Why don't I just spam that sample right now for, like, you know, a couple seconds just to get out of my system? Okay, cool. I think we're good. I think that was all I needed to do. Yeah, that's why I said I'm petty. Like, I just... If is attached to anything, it immediately will get bottom five. Okay, well then... I think I know what your number one is gonna be. Yes, because it was also my number one. Oh, yeah, so our our, our top three or our worst three are the same. Yeah, our our least favorite song was easily top off. Yes, it's it no was it's off. it's no question. It is there is a zero close. There's zero fucking question. As as disgusting and off color as Freaky Friday was, I was a thousand times more annoyed with top off. <laughs> And again, every time I listened to it, I found something new to hate about it. At least, <laughs> at least with Freaky Friday, it's out there in the open. There's the one solid theme that is gross. But with Top Off, uh, God, I just can't. I can't, dude. Took, took Jay Z and Beyonce and fucked them up, dude. It's it's awful. Yeah. That first that first thing that Jay-Z does, why the fuck was that in this song, dude? It sounds like he's fucking like either orgasming or having a heart attack or maybe both at the same time. I wanna hear that now. Yeah, well I'll play it here. But um I'll play it for you later too. It's it's like why? Why is that in the song, dude? Why does anybody think that rappers making weird ass orgasm noises are ever good to keep in a song? I don't get it. I'm pretty sure it was either Ghostface Killer or someone else had it in one of their songs too, and it made no sense. Um, yeah. Also, can we talk about is it is it Future or is it Offset that's in this song? I kind of forget. I think it's Future. I don't remember. Um, God, they sound like they're fucking having an asthma attack when they're singing. Like, literally by the end of the song, he's, like, wheezing and shit, dude. I'm like, get that guy a fucking doctor. Yeah. Jesus Christ, dude. Um, yeah, and then you just have DJ Khaled fucking blindly screaming into the abyss. <laughs> and that sounds like an awesome meme. Great meme. DJ Khaled screaming into the abyss. <laughs> I should make that, like, a shirt. Um, God. And then, and then, so, the reason why I hated Ape Shit is because Beyonce was doing the ad-libs, and in this song, you have Jay-Z doing ad-libs. Jay-Z's one of the greatest rappers alive, and you have him doing a fucking ad-lib along with Future, who sounds like a wheezed-out fucking polo rider. Like, what? Like, what? Like, what? Who was in this boardroom? Because I know there was a boardroom when this song got made. Who was in that boardroom and heard this final cut and was like, this is gonna be the biggest banger ever and then they just released it without a second thought like what like who did this you know who did this i mean i know exactly who did he this. was the one and only uh you know mastermind behind all of it God. he takes full credit i just i just hate it so much i hate what that's the thing dude is like this between this and ape shit like i'm pretty sure to me like jay-z and beyonce might be at the at the peak of their career or they might have been before this shit I don't know how they're gonna come back from this. Like, I don't know what they're gonna do. Like, Jay-Z's 444 was a great album. Like, it was solid, I liked it. But this is just some fucking sellout, spinning your wheels, not knowing what to do with your billions kind of shit. 
Right. I think it would be better if they just faded off into obscurity at this point and just sat on their laurels and appreciated what they did. They keep yelling at every song, they're here, we're here, we're finally here. You've been here for two decades, and now that you're saying you're here, you're not here anymore. Like, you're gone. You're fucking gone, dude. Yeah. Anyway. I have, I have nothing more to add. <laughs> Sorry, I know I ranted a lot. No, I just, I didn't prepare anything, and you, you pointed out more. I mean, all I prepared was just, my reasoning was... So, um, yeah, yeah. I just like what, like, I don't know. I felt sad listening to this song because I was like, if people were to argue that modern music is killing kids' brain cells, I'd point to this song as actually having some credence for that argument. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a, more, a lot more than just this song, but yeah. I mean, I generally don't believe that argument to be true, but, like, if you were to make a concrete argument with me, with my, with me being the audience, I would use this song, and that would strengthen your argument. The only thing I think would be interesting to compare would be not just music in general, because there's always great music in all, all eras, but yeah. just compare top 40 music. Like, just take the top, you know, big hits from each year and, and see... If music does seem to be more vapid or uninsightful or uninspired or interesting, yeah, as time goes on, I don't know. I have no idea. That's a good question. Well, here's the thing: is that I think that every era has had their mindless, like generic, cookie cutter pop music. I think every every era has. I just think that as one gets older you become more cynical and more critical of what is coming out in, in your era, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, I remember when we were in middle and high school and crunk was a thing. I'm sure people were looking at that and being like, what the fuck is happening to music? Like, I'm sure they were looking at that for music from the 90s that they loved and were like, what is happening? Like, you you know, you've got, like, LMFAO, you've got Lil John, you've got Ying Yang Twins, you've got 3-6 Mafia, like, all of those, all those, like, crunk artists, and I feel like people would just look at that and be like, it's all about, like, it's all about, like, bitches and hoes and... Well, it's always about bitches and hoes. I mean, it's all, it's still about <laughs> bitches and hoes, but... Honestly, dude, I feel like it's less about bitches and hoes now and more about just, like, be, like, it's more, like, it's more about the, the apathy of wealth, it almost seems like to me. Like, you're so wealthy that you don't care what you're doing. Like, it seems like that's been a bigger theme to a lot of the songs, uh, in my opinion. I don't know. It's hard to make broad statements. I guess that's true. But... It's, uh, it could be true. I just I'd have to, you know, do research and fucking study all these other top forty years. Yeah, to be able to really say that's fair. I mean, I am making a pretty sweeping generalization when I say that, but it seems to me like it's less about. It seems to me like it's less about, like, well, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's more about p- material possessions than it is about, like, women as currency. But I feel like there's still songs that are like that. So I guess I shouldn't shouldn't say that. Yeah. So, anyway, well, that was our bottom five. Got those out of the way. Now we can be more positive and talk about happy things. Yeah, sort of. 
<laughs> sort of. A little more happy. Why sort of? Um, I mean, the songs weren't that great. Like, they were good. I liked them, the mm. top five ones. But they weren't, like, this was not the best top five season. Yeah. Also, it's unbearably hot. It is. It's very, very hot. Just um, my body is, like, in different parts of my body are, like, always on the verge of sweating or just glistening like yeah that's why I, yeah that's why I've been tussling my hair this whole episode is cause I'm like oh I can't deal with it um AC kids it's important to get get it today uh, save yourself some sweat go home and uh, rub some ass on my nipples <laughs> get home take that Casey jelly out of the fridge <laughs> rub it all over my glistening body <laughs> Throw on some slow KC and JoJo and slink off into the into the into the bosom of my condominium. <laughs> I would light some candles, but that's too hot. <laughs> Get out my dry eyes. Walk around in the nude. <laughs> Wait, would you, like, attach the dry ice to, like, parcels on your body, or would you just, like, have dry ice, like, in the corner? No, just be in the corner there. (laughs) Walk around in the nude. Get to walk around and open up the ice fridge and step into it. The Casey jelly slowly but surely hardening over my glistening body. Lie down in the cool bedroom. <laughs> the blinds open as the moonlight shines upon my naked skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I count the constellations and I think, oh, what if they see me now? <laughs> see me in my icy glory. <laughs> Oh, man. I feel like just saying that makes me be like, I actually kind of want that. I want to be in that position <laughs> yes, right I now. Do, yeah. I want to be ice cold, <laughs> staring up at the moon through, through a sunroof or a moonroof in this case. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back uh, with our top top five of the night. Um, so don't, don't go anywhere. <laughs> Please stay here. We'll be right back. And we're back. Hope you guys had a nice break. Hope you uh, got got those snacks and and uh, various beverages that you wanted. Unless you're <laughs> driving, in which case I hope you're having a nice drive and that that intermission was some nice calming relief from the uh, from the morning or evening plunge of traffic that you're experiencing. Uh, so with that, let's get into it. Um, so I said my my bottom five first, so why don't you say your... Do you have honorable mentions for your top five? I don't. I'm looking at it and I do not. Okay. Well, why don't I say my honorable mentions and then we'll go to you for your actual tops. Uh, so my two, my first honorable mention is Fake Love, which is the BTS song. Um, I, see you, I see you judging me, but that's why it's an honorable mention. It was, I thought there was something about it that was just kind of, it was just kind of fun. It was well produced. I don't know. I had a good, I had a good time listening to it. Something about it was kind of a, like Korean. 
You know, for, well, I would say, I would say so. Uh, the entire band being from South Korea, that would make sense. Um, it was, you know, um, it was like a yeah, it was a boy, it was a Korean boy band, dude. I I don't know, there was something inside of me where I was like, yeah, this is fun. I yeah, like this. I will say that I remember I put it last in whatever episode that was. But I listened to it again, and I was like, oh, this is, this is fine. It was not nearly as, you know, unenjoyable as I thought it was. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's like a fun song. Middle of the road for me. Yeah. I would say it's, like, it's like above average um, for me. Like, I don't know how much I would listen to it. But listening back, I was like, oh, yeah, this is cer- certainly a serviceable song, and I like it. So, oh, yeah. Uh, my next on my honorable mentions was This Is America. And the reason why it's an honorable mention is, I think, why we said before, is because without the video, it doesn't really have the same effect. Uh, but I still do think the song fucking bangs in the whip, so I will give it that. Um, yeah. If I had to pick an honorable mention, it would be that as well. It would be This Is America. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sucks because, again, I do wish that there was more that was done to the song to make it more impacting as a song but I understand that there is a huge visual component to it and I'll give it props for that so definitely an honorable mention for sure yeah def- definitely worth watching that video yeah absolutely if you have not yet yeah please do it will definitely change your opinion of the song if you haven't yet um alright my number five mm-hmm. is Pray For Me by Weekend and Kendrick oh okay cool um I had a quick. This is quick because it was. It barely made it for me, and I, you know, didn't feel super strong about it. But it's like it's dark. It's danceable. The weekend's voice is cool and, as usual, pretty. Yeah. And uh, Kendrick's lines are they're kind of thought provoking and political. There's a good rhythm to it. Um, they're two artists I just overall like a lot. Yeah. And um, you know, not amazing, but it's it's better better than most songs this season. So cool. Guess number five. Cool man. Uh, well, my number five was Friends, uh, which was the Marshmallow. Um, uh, I'm forgetting the other name on that was on there. But um, again, I thought it was just like really fun. Like it just had a really fun vibe about it. It was super earwormy and catchy. Uh, it kind of had this I don't give a fuck attitude about it that was just kind of like playful and fun. Uh, and it was, you know, there's a song about being like, yo, dude, I don't want to date you, sorry. So, you know, hashtag feminism. Um, yeah, it was like, it was well produced, I liked it. I think the thing that kept it from being higher was the fact that during the chorus, I feel like some of the effects kind of drowned out the guest vocals a little bit. Uh, and like distorted them slightly, which I was kind of bummed about. But otherwise, I thought it was a fun song. So there you go. Cool. Quick and to the point. Yeah, I did like that song. Um, my number four was "Be Careful" by Cardi B. Okay. Um, there are some stereotypes within it of like you know modern relationships and why there's disgruntled. In this case, female parties. Right. Um, I feel like the synth was really catchy. Um, I thought Cardi's voice was like charming and sincere sounding. Mm-hmm. The lyrics, the lyrics were simple, but they kind of had some insight, or they were thought provoking about like what is love, you know, stripped of and you know, stripped of what just desire is. Um, what does it mean to really love someone? You know, this little small things. Mm. Um, I could go into it, but just listen to the song. The lyrics are they're good. Um, I liked the hook a lot. I liked the tribute to Lauren Hill. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a, yeah, there's a tenderness and there's a vulnerability to vulner, vulnerability to Cardi, which I definitely was digging. Um, it also makes you think about like you know what's what's moral, what's what's right and wrong, and what's what's right and wrong to respond. Uh, what's a right or wrong way to respond to someone when you feel they've wronged you? Um, so it's it's got all that, but the music and her voice was good. So it's like it's got both the sort of thought-provoking emotional lyrics and the music and the voice blended pretty well. So I'll give Cardi some some respect, give Cardi some love. Cool. Yeah. It's legit. Um, well, my number three was. Um, Wait, you're number four. Oh, oh, you're, oh, no, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I was trying to be cool and not look at my list to be like, yeah, I got this memorized, but clearly I don't. Uh, my number four is King's Dead, uh, which was Kendrick Lamar uh, with... Damn, I'm so bad at remembering this shit. Oh, it was J-Rock and Kendrick Lamar. Um, it was cool, and it, it actually... so. My whole thing is that this song, like, had swag that I could actually, like, believe and get behind. Um, it was, it was, it was a song about excess, but it was also a song that was, like, it felt like excess with, like, some consequence and, like, some accountability in it with the lyrics. Um, yeah, I felt like the, the deliveries were all very strong. There was, there was a... A moment that at first I didn't think I liked with like this kind of high breathy singing but the more I listened to it the more I was actually kind of down um, and then right after that happens this this huge switch up happens in the song and Kendrick just starts going red light green light red light green light and it's like this so it's like so cool because they're talking about like I'm ready to go I'm ready to go I'm ready to go and then when it hits that that switch it's like red light green light so it's like yeah. start stop and, uh, and the beat, just the production on it, just, like, amps up, and it just really hits you. Um, yeah, and I just really, I really felt like it was a, a genuinely braggadocious song for once, and I appreciate that. And, uh, of course, Kendrick is always a very, very interesting listen, very provocative listen, so I was down, dude. I was down with Sick. That. Sick. Sick. <laughs> what was that? Sick. Nice. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. so my don't, don't apologize. Mm, my number three and two are interchangeable. I, okay. I had a very tough time putting one above the other. Were they tied? They were tied pretty much. So, okay. but I'll just say number three is Moonlight by mm, okay. Tentacion. Tentacion. Um, R.I.P. Tentacion. I mean, I just I love the synth. Those pinch ju- pitch jumps, I just love it. Yeah. The rhythm gets into my vibe, into my body. <laughs> into um, my body. I like the troubled aspect of his voice. Tinch, mm. tinch was a little desperation. Yeah. Um, for me, the song was the song's sort of like an abstract painting where it's like it's more about the phrases and the emotions that those phrases evoke. Then it's more about that than just like a coherent narrative or like. You know, a sensical themed song. Yeah, that's more abstract in that way. So like, the music and the phrases kind of play on this general theme of moonlight. Mm-hmm. Or I would, I was like reminded of moonlight just by the music and the phrases. Yeah, and um, totally. you know, things like desire or sex or feeling lonely or feeling depressed, like certain things that are more often 
or can more often occur at night. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I dug it. It was really, it was a short song, really into it. Cool. Go on my saves. Like, if I'm, if I was going to use Spotify and, like, save songs, I would definitely save it. Cool. That's yeah. awesome, dude. Um, my number, th- my number three is actually, uh, Pray For Me, which you had put as your number five, I believe. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. The more I listened to it, the more I really was into it. Like, I was really into that cool, kind of, like, pitched percussion thing happening in the production of this song. Mm-hmm. Um, the Weekend's vocals just sounded really great. Um, that hook was just, like, really unstoppable. Um, the Weekend really carried the song really well. It kind of reminded me why I liked him in the first place. Uh, just tons of emotion. Really, really good. Uh really good execution and I didn't really mind I didn't really mind Kendrick's verse I, I at first I think when I listened to it I was a little bit put off by like how kind of it, sw- it switched it up but I think it felt like kind of any other song where it's like you've got a main singer and then like you know you've got like a rapper coming in um and I think the more I listened to it the more it felt natural to me and again that production was just really really well done to me uh so on top of everything you said um, the production of that song really got to me a lot. Um, between the synths, that pitch percussion, um, yeah, just a really, really strong offering. Very surprised, but very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, well, man. We're getting, getting down to it now. We're getting to it. Top um, two. Getting to it. My number two. Um, my number two is ATM by J. Cole. Really? Um, That's yeah. surprising. Tell, I, me, tell me more. Well, see, I just, I like the jazzy vibe. I like the, the chords are a little bit uneasy. Um, mm. But just the drums and the groove, I'm just like, I'm way into that. I could dance, bob my head all day long <laughs> to it. Cool. Um, I thought his delivery was impressive. Like his rhymes and puns and just his uh, flow, his tone of his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he gets brownie points because he referenced uh, Tanya Harding, which is funny. Oh, okay. Appropriate. Yeah, I remember doing. that. Um, I like how it's indirectly speaking out against materialism. So it's like, yeah. I can get behind the groove and the message. Right. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, it's, it's surprising how much I like his flow, given how grating he was on KOD, <laughs> KOD like how much I didn't like it. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, it's got like this sort of, you know, simple, repetitive thing that just gets in your head, but not in an annoying way. You count it up. Yeah. Count it up, count it up. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I was definitely down with, with J. Cole. That's cool. The choir, I just, or the, har- the background voices, like, I really like the vocals a lot. So. Uh, I think it's interesting that so far you've chosen, like, J. Cole and Cardi B, you've had a bottom and a top from. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. How perceptive of you. Well, <laughs> when it comes to you, Josh. Like, uh, I, I didn't quite, I guess I noticed it. <laughs> I just think that's interesting. I think that's interesting that one artist can have such a polarizing effect even from one person. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you've had that before, you think? If I've had that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, there's... If you were to give me a batch... I think from any artist's discography, you know, there's definitely songs that I feel are less strong. Even from, you know, like, really, really greats like Michael Jackson or Prince, there's definitely songs that I can tell you I I don't really care for. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about how 
I think we've talked about how uh, Girl Is Mine is probably the, the least impacting song on Thriller, even though it has Sir Paul McCartney on it. Yeah, it's on the lower rung. Yeah, it's just like not... Yeah, it feels like a much more generic song, even though it has Paul McCartney. Wait, I feel like... Isn't... I think the track She's Out of My Life is on Thriller, right? No, it's not. Or is that on Off the Wall? I think that's Off the Wall. Ah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, bro. Um, yeah, well, no, I, I do think that's What's really What's the last though. track of... Of Thriller? Whatever, don't worry about it. Okay. Um, we'll have yeah. an MJ talk after the episode. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely MJ songs I like less. Honestly, I think We Are the World is kind of... I, look, I know I sound like a dick when I say that, <laughs> but I just never really thought it was no, that. It's, the song's really boring to me. It is, dude. I it's, don't know why. It's so boring. And I think yeah. it's <laughs> I think it's because there's so many singers on it that like they had to do something kind of generic and like easy to sing. But for real, it's fucking I don't know. It doesn't really it doesn't really hit it for me. I think I think people who have imitated and or satirized We Are the World have actually come up with better songs than We Are the World. Right. Like uh I'm fucking Ben Affleck, for example. That outro. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know that song. Okay. But I just I'm just like I, I couldn't figure out how to compare it to <laughs> Where are the Warhols? Well, so at the very end of the song, he, like, he, like, pulls out to this, like, auditorium, kind of like the We Are the World video, and he's got all these different celebrities that are, like, singing the, the oh, song. Oh, yeah, okay. And it's, like, yeah. you've got, like, Robin Williams and, like, Don Cheadle and, like, a bunch of, like, random celebrities. And then, of course, you have Josh Groban, like, on a piano with, like, snow falling on him, and it's just the funniest shit ever. Yeah, that guy just dropped off the map. Josh Groban? Yeah. I don't, I don't even really know, like, what he's done that made him popular. Like, were, what were his hits? I don't know. I never liked him. Really? You never liked Josh Groban? No, I remember being a child, and he was really big, and I just didn't like his voice. Ugh. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, that brings I up... I forgot s- he existed. Thanks, Seth. Sorry, that brings up such painful memories for you, Josh. Yeah. Who else don't I like? There's two guys that were really big in like the like early to late 2000s that I didn't like a lot. Really? That were so big. It was Josh Groban and um, what's that Sinatra want to be? Was it Buble? Oh, Michael Buble. Oh God. Fuck, what about geez. like Ryan Adams? Oh, I, I love Ryan Adams. Yeah. Okay. I'm all about that. I I only heard his I heard his first record, Something Heart. Heartbreaker? Yeah, something like that. God, there's a few tracks on that I fucking love, man. I mean, the first track, I love the first track of that record. Yeah. Fuck, I want to listen to that right now. I need to save that shit on my Spotify. I listen to a lot of music, and there's sometimes, like, I like a song a lot, and I just forget about it. I need to save it if I like it. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Did you ever hear Ryan Adams, um, his cover album that he did of Taylor Swift's 1989? I heard, like, one or two songs. It's actually it's pretty good. great. It's good, yeah. yeah. I it's, remember liking what I heard. It's better than it's better than the Taylor Swift album, right. I would say. His his cover of Shake It Off is, like, haunting and tragic. Wow. It's pretty great. I will say, though, as much as I hate to say it, so you, you listen to Tegan and Sarah, right? I've heard some songs. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, you should listen to more. They're really good. Okay. Um, they had this album called The Con, which was, like, their really big album. That kind of, like... There was, like, So Jealous, and then The Con was, like, one of their really big breakout hits. And uh, they did, for the 10th... It was either the 10th or the 20th. I think it was the 10th anniversary. They did an all-covers album, so they, like, asked people to come in and cover... Di- like, different artists to cover the album. Mm-hmm. And one of the songs was Ryan Adams doing a cover of the song called Back in Your Head, which was, like, one of their big singles. And it is awful, dude. Mm. It's, like, real... It's just not... Not good... It's like a really unfortunate. I think it. I think it's because they didn't practice enough, or they wanted it to sound more raw. But it's one of those moments where like it, they want it to sound raw, but it just ends up sounding like unpolished and like not very and yeah. like kind of pitchy and weird. Um. Anyway, listen to Heartbreaker though. I will. I will listen to Heartbreaker. Well, I was talking to the listeners, but also you. Oh, um, thank you, Josh. Yeah, and Wilco. I just started listening to Wilco. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Wait, what? You just started listening to Wilco? Like, I'd heard their music, but I never really sat down and listened to, like, a full record. Okay. So, I listened to their first couple records, but I started with their second one. Cool. Shit. There's, it was, I started with their second record. It's, like, the double, the double disc record. It was really good. There's like a handful of songs I really fucking liked on it. A double disc record? Yeah. Oh shit. Do you remember what the album cover looks like? No, I don't. Oh man, I'm trying to remember what album that is. Um. I know Wilco fairly well. It was really good though. Um. Okay, well, oh wait, was it a. Was it A Ghost Is Born? No. Okay. Um. Was it Yankee Hotel Foxtrot? No, that's a really good one. I heard some songs in that one. That one's... Both of those albums I just said are amazing. And if you're listening, you should go check those out. Um, but, um... I'm just gonna look it up right now, because it's important. Yeah, it is important. Um... Yeah, Wilco's great, dude. Um, they've been kicking it for a long-ass oh, time. Oh, okay, it's, it's called Being There. Oh, yeah, Being There. Okay. That's, yeah. like, one of their first albums, right? Yeah, their second one. Okay. Yeah, I guess some great misunderstood. Fucking mm, great track. I didn't realize that was a double album, but yeah. there's a lot of tracks on that, so I guess that's true. Um, Sunken Treasure, I like that one a lot. Yeah. I mean, Tweety man, that's their their songwriter and the guy who sings. He's great. He's a really good guitarist as well. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. Anyway, yeah. Go listen to Wilco. It's good. It'll do, it'll do the body good. Do the body real good. Anyway, what were we on? Is it on your second or my first? I think it's my second. Um, well, shit, I guess I'll get into it. So my... My number two... My number two pick is uh, Moonlight, coincidentally enough. Okay. Um... I was really into it, dude. It was like a two... Like two minutes and ten seconds or some shit. But it, it did more in two minutes and ten seconds than a lot of these songs did in, like, double that. Um, the the production was so weird and cool. Like, the way that, that, that those keyboards were kind of, like, warbled and would, like, go in and out and shit. Mm. I, like, that alone, I would give props to. But, yeah, X's, uh, his vocals were just perfectly in sync with it. And like you said, it really created this cool mood that really felt like you were, like, in the nighttime listening to it. 
Um, it was crazy because like I would listen to the song a lot during the day, but I feel like even when I did, I felt like it had like a nighttime vibe, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what you said about it was pretty much, pretty much dead on. Um, but I just, the only thing I just gotta say, because I don't want anybody to forget this, definitely has a line about taking out someone's intestines, so let's not forget that. I just wanna, I don't really even know why I'm saying that, but it's just something I have to point out. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Um, it's like Hot Topic. <laughs> like, gotta throw in that edgy line, but, I mean, at this point I don't even have a problem with it, so. Um, yeah, man. Again, and again, X is another guy who, like, we had listened to one of his songs and I was like, oh, this is really boring and I don't like it, but then this song came along and was like, what the fuck? This is amazing. Um... Like, I wouldn't have put sad on even my bottom five just because I thought it was boring. But that was definitely a song where I was like, eh, I don't really know. And then the other song he did, which was Changes, was so short that it didn't even really feel like a song. It just felt like an intro track. Yeah. But I think this song was, like, the perfect balance of, like, getting in getting out, but also, like, having really awesome production and really interesting, like, ideas. So, I almost didn't even really think the lyrics mattered as much because they felt like they... they yeah. Contributed more to the vibe than anything else, you know? It's like, did a good job of quickly getting in and out, but still getting there. Yeah, exactly. Something about something about being there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You want to play a game? What? <laughs> <laughs> My dad, well, our family had a number of crazy friends. <laughs> I'm, I I think I, I, think I knew that. But one of them, one of them would like just randomly is one of his catchphrases, which is like, "Want to play a game?" <laughs> just like kind of say it. Would he have games to play, or would he just be like, "Hey, want to play a game?" No, it'd be like at the end of like something, at the end of a, a thought or idea. Oh my god, that's like this, so this funny! Weird, like you know, like want to play a game. It's just like this weird thing. Like, there's no way to explain it. <laughs> there's like no context. It just comes up. Yeah, there's no way to explain That's it. That's so funny, dude. It's like you know what I'm saying. Except it's want to play a game. Except it's want to play a game. It was like, yeah, you know, I was talking to this dude, and like, you know, I told him to go fuck off. Want to play a game? Was it like that? Sort of. Was it like that? Like, like clear into the conversation, or was it like there'd be a pause and no, then like was, awkward pause later? It was kind of seamless, but I think it's like vague enough to where you could use it for any emotion so like like maybe if you're uh, getting annoyed so with someone funny. if you're annoyed with someone you could use it then as, right. as well right <laughs> that's so funny um, I wouldn't have thought of that as like a, as like a catchphrase but I like yeah. it uh, well he Josh called, he called people chief and boss like that's awesome long before that shit was like popular which is kind of astounding I'm wondering if he sort of started it oh he's a time traveler he might be because like he he said boss and chiefs this is like the like mid late 90s oh shit like I had not heard anyone say that to someone as like a you know yeah anyway but then like it became a big thing you know 10 years later that's really funny um so my number one which wait, I'm wait. sure is your number one god drum roll is uh, unquestionably booed up. Yep, that's my number one too. Yep, not like far. Yeah, far enough. Not away. even close. Not, not, not even. Not even close. This was literally when I was doing my top picks. I was like, "Yep, this is the only one I'm sure about." Yeah, I heard like three of my tops, and I heard this one, and I was like, "Well, that's number one." <laughs> yeah. I don't even have to hear the other ones again. Yeah, let's talk but, about uh, it. 
I try to be quick because I'm sweating. Um, and I'll and I'll probably be more rambly anyway. It's so. just like it's fucking layered, orchestrated pop. Mm -hmm. It's reminiscent of reminiscent of great R and B from the '90s or just any Quincy Jackson work. Her voice is amazing. Do you mean Quincy Jones? Quincy, uh, Quincy Jones, sorry. I said Quincy Jackson. I meant Quincy Jones. It's like if Quincy, and Quincy Jones and Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson did the fusion yeah, dance. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, voice is amazing. I could just go on and like, oh, blah, blah, it's a sincere, emotional, blush, blah, blah, blah. There's a range, <laughs> range of deliveries. And it's, no, her voice is amazing. It's just great. It's just great. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the chords, the melody, the lyrics, her delivery... There's this like sensual but slightly slightly mournful quality of everything. Yeah. It just all works together. Um, and of course, you know, it's very simple but true in my opinion that it can be hard to get over a lover or someone that you've loved mm -hmm. until you feel a similar feeling for another person in your life, which is really the crux of the hook of the song. Yeah. So there you go. That's it. Absolutely. And I think the, the only thing that I would add on to that uh, is that the chorus I thought was really inventive, the way that it incorporated boot up into the like into the the phrase. Because it was in like a it was in like a I called it a scat last time. I don't think that's the proper way because I think scatting is more like a quick thing. But it was more like an alliter like a wait, what do you call it? Alliter no, not alliteration. Onomatopoeia? It was onomatopoeia. Scat works too. Um, but the way that she was like bought up, boot up, like that's that was so smart and like totally fit the vibe. Um, and it was just really a, a cool turn. I think this is a song that easily could have been throwaway, but there were just so many things about it that were done like really like really well, considering that this was somebody that I still don't really know who they are. Um, but I definitely want to look them up in the future and we we'll are definitely keep an eye on them after a song this good just comes out of nowhere. It's kind of like a SZA moment, you know? Like, I didn't really know SZA at first, but she came out with a bunch of good so songs. Um, this is an artist that I would definitely want to keep an eye on in the future, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a great voice, man. Seriously great. And I don't know if she wrote the song or not, but if she did, like, write more. You know? It makes me want to like go home and practice guitar, practice singing. Yeah, for sure. She's like, she has such a, it's one of those things where she's clearly been practicing and honing that skill for a very long time. Yeah. It's the end of the whole season, everyone. <laughs> and with that, the season is <laughs> over. Uh, how are you feeling after that, after feel, that buzz ball? I feel slightly buzzed. Have you finished it yet? Oh, I, oh, I finished it. Oh, you did? Okay. I did. I, I was, was like, very still sneaky. I didn't realize you finished it. Um, yeah, I actually feel a, a little bit, a little bit buzzed, a little warm on an already warm night. <laughs> um, tell yeah. me a joke while I finish it. Tell a joke? Okay. Uh, let me think. Okay, okay, here's one. So, there is a hotel that is hosting a chess tournament for this chess club of the local high school. Um... You know, they said that they'd be there the whole day, but the only caveat of the hotel was that they keep the noise level down because there's people in the hotel, they're living there. They're going to be in the main lobby, but they don't want them to make too much noise. So basically, the chess tournament's going great. Everyone's going good. Uh, you know, things are happening, but the energy is rising, and, you know, someone makes a sweet move, and everyone's like, oh, shit, and it gets really loud, and the manager comes out, and he's like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. You're going to have to keep it down, you know? Don't want to freak anybody out. And they say, okay, yeah, no problem. Sorry, dude. So it gets back down quiet, but then, like, you know, someone else 
over on another table is like you know knight to to take bishop and everyone's like oh shit and it like freaks out everyone's excited again the manager comes out he's like seriously guys like you're gonna have to keep the noise level down like we can't <laughs> we can't be having this and the chess the chess club guys say oh yeah no problem don't worry about it uh, but sure enough, about an hour later, it's the last match, and someone is, like, making a sweet move, and everyone's freaking out, and vining that shit, R.I.P. Vine, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's amazing, and the manager comes out, and he says, look guys, I'm sorry, I asked you a bunch of times, but I'm, you're gonna have to leave, and the chess club says, what, but we're in the last match, come on, man, you can't kick us out, and the manager says, seriously, I've had enough, I have to kick you guys out, I'm sorry, but you're too loud, and I hate chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best response. <laughs> Look, man, you told me to tell you a joke. <laughs> um, it was what I expected. <laughs> like, it was it was an engrossing story, and I was like, I'm just enjoying it, and I, I was just expecting the end to be just. The cheesy pun, and it was. And, and I was so like, it was. It was more. It was like all that I had dreamed of and more. <laughs> well, I'm glad I can make your dreams come true, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh gosh, I need. I can make a joke just like that. Yeah. Just take a popular like lyric. And just figure out what else it kind of sounds like And then tell a story based on what it kind of sounds oh, like Oh dude I've got a million of those you? Yeah I do um, So there were these two weevils right That were born in the same you know hatch cycle One of them went off to be a successful weevil lawyer The other one ended up homeless Which just goes to show that he was the lesser of two weevils <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping that you won. I'm hoping you won around telling these jokes when you were in like seventh grade. Oh, I did. I did. You did. Yes. It sounds like. <laughs> I don't want to sound mean, but it just sounds like. What? What are you sounds, gonna say to me? Sounds like there's this like slightly unpopular, kind of nerdy-ish kid <laughs> would go around telling these jokes, seeking laughter and social acceptance. Yup, that was me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh my god, wait, wait, can I tell one more? I would love you to tell one more. I got one more, I got one more. One more to finish the season out. So, there's a there's a group of monks, right? And they they have a monastery, and the monastery, you know, they've been there forever, for over several decades. Uh, but, you know, they're running into hard financial times, because it's a, it's, a, it's a non-profit, and they work off of donations, and people just haven't really been coming around as much, and... So the, the friars all get together and they're like, well, what are we going to do? We need money to stay afloat. And they're, and one of them says, well, you know, there's a flower shop across the street and they make a ton of money because people go out there after our congregations and they get flowers. So what if we just sold flowers in the monastery? We could get tons of money. And they're like, that's a great idea. So they open up a flower shop in the monastery. Everyone goes to buy the flowers. It's a great time. Everyone's happy. Except the flower shop across the street is like, yo, what the fuck, dude? Those monks are stealing all our business. Yeah. This is terrible. We're, we're starting to get in the red. What are we going to do? So they flip through the phone book. They find this guy named Hugh. They're like, Hugh, we want you to go over to that monastery and you talk to those monks about making their flower business stop. I don't care what you got to do. You just got to tell them to stop. 
So here's a big guy, and he goes over there, and he tries to talk to the monks very politely at first, and the monks very also politely say, no, we have to sell our flowers. So Hugh goes a little overboard, and he ends up trashing the whole thing. He just just takes a baseball bat, just beats the whole thing, throws flowers everywhere, the whole thing is ruined. Which goes to show that Hugh and only Hugh can prevent florist fryers. Oh my god. How did you, where did you hear that? Where did you hear that? You know, honestly, I don't remember. I think, I think a friend of mine in, in like high school told me that one. Oh my god. And I was like, that's so good and so random, I have to keep it. <laughs> that's one of them. Okay. <laughs> Wait, was that an okay, like, I have a follow-up joke? Or was no. that an okay, like, I believe you? No, that was just like, okay, I am pleased. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you may live another day. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank God. You have appeased the king. Oh, good. No. It's like that scene in Boondog Saints. You remember that movie? Or, like, the music video for Remember the Time by Michael Jackson. I don't remember that video. Uh, you could say I don't the, remember that time. The king is, uh, the king, Eddie Murphy, is, like, okay. he's an Egyptian king in the video, and he's... Okay. Different, enter, different entertainers are supposed to, you know, appease him and amuse him, and if they don't, they get killed. Okay. And they all get killed, and then Michael comes and starts singing, and then the king's wife starts getting intrigued, and then Ooh. things go really bad, but Ooh. really good, so... Yeah. <laughs> really good, really bad in the best way possible. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson. Oh, oh uh, as a side note, well, maybe, let's finish the episode off and that could be an extra thing. Um, episodes, episodes done. Season's done. Holy shit. Be, be, uh, you know, hold on to your belts and your trousers because... And your butts. <laughs> and your butts because... <laughs> We got season four. Oh, yeah. And the final finale of season four will kind of be like the 40th episode, but not, well, sort of. I mean, it'll, ba- way, it'll, it'll basically be the 40th episode. It'll basically be the 40th of 40s and 40s, season four, meaning... It's a lot of fours. There will be a lot of drinking. Yes. And we will most definitely be in Oregon. Yes. And, uh... Take precaution for this next season, because it's going to get a little wild. There's going to be a lot of fours in it, so it's going to be very exciting. Yeah. Well, with that, thanks for listening to us for three seasons now. It's been a pleasure, and we are very happy to be doing it. Um, Yeah. So happy to be doing it. If you're interested, we have a Patreon where you can give a couple bucks to help us buy 40s. Uh, and we also have this, which you can listen to anywhere. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your dogs, tell your cats if they'll listen. I know cats are a little hard to convince. Um, and yeah, we're going to be keeping it, keeping it going. It's going to be great. Um, so with that, I'm Seth. I'm Josh. And we have been 40s on 40s. Thank you so much. You're all the best. And we will see you in the next season. Right. Cheers, guys. 40s. 